Well, you know what they say about being top of the league, Rich. I've forgotten. What do they say? It's been such a long time. Well, it's better than being second, which is what we said last week. Yeah, it's, it is definitely better than being second. <laughs> like, it, it's, a sign, it's, a, it's a sign of the way the last seven years have gone that it feels really strange. Uh, well, yeah, 17 games in. The last time that we were top of the league was 2012-13 season under one Sir Alex Ferguson. Don't know if we've ever mentioned him before, but still, hello everybody! Welcome to this Hello, week's Red Voices. Pleasure to have you with us. You've got me, Ewan Lennox, and him, Richard Can, to discuss plenty of Manchester United games over the last couple of weeks. So the first half of this episode is Richard and I chatting on Tuesday night about United's daring 1-0 victory over Burnley. And the second half, we'll be discussing the Watford and Manchester City games recently. But before all that, Richard... How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I'm just still glowing about United being competent again. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, we d- don't be too effusive with your pros, will you? Well, you, I've still got a large part of me that's expecting it all to fall down at some point. Um, mm. But it's, 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 nice to be, it's nice to be doing well um, and actually being involved in a title race, even if it's quite early in the day. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, everything was quite well primed for this game tonight, wasn't it? United were able to squeak it in. This is this is this was originally the game that we should have started our season with, but owing for our Europa League uh, exploits or lack thereof, we were obviously starting the season a bit late. And the funny thing is, thinking back to this game, I don't know if we win this if we play it the first game of the season. To be honest with you, given the form no. we were in, no. There's definitely something a bit different about this team now, isn't there? I don't know if mm. I, I said on Twitter that it kind of feels like. A team that already had a lot of good players has grown a bit of a spine. Um, and I don't know if that's partially down to some players lifting their game. We've obviously seen Pogba get a lot better and Baye's come back and been absolutely excellent as well, which I think has made an enormous difference next to mm. um, Maguire. Shaw's improved with the signing of Tellez as well. There are quite a few players who've, in the last few weeks particularly, have lifted their game or lifted United. And also just that, that having the different options, so being able to start Cavani and move move players around and actually try and you've got different tools for different jobs if you see what I mean so mm. I kind of feel like it's coming together but I'm I'm, I'm reticent to commit too heavily to that for another month or so I think <laughs> I mean that's fair enough I mean the, the I hate putting a damper on things especially after getting our way to a deserved 1-0 victory tonight but the one thing worth mentioning is that you know we're primed for the most important visit to Anfield that we've had in Oh, years for mm. almost the best part of a decade in terms of any league position that we've been in and we still won't be even halfway through this Premier League campaign regardless of what happens during that game so it, it's difficult to get too excited at the same time because you just look at the amount of games we've played but at the same time it's been so so long since United have been involved in this conversation and we keep saying it I think there's an element that you just we, we keep saying it we take every game as it comes so speaking of taking games as they come we prep for this one with Liverpool losing to Southampton uh, barely yeah. just a week ago which uh, certainly helps a well worked Danny Ings goal is a difference and Liverpool really struggled in that game as has been their way over the last few weeks dropping points away at Newcastle and at home to West Brom uh, and then coming into this game Rich after the game against Watford where we were able to rest quite a few players Bruno didn't play uh, Martial and Rashford got a half hour run out Pogba and Shaw and Lindelof were all kept out of the squad due to injury concerns it seemed like we were able to rest a few key players get things fresh and then get ready for, especially with Cavani coming back in after his ban get ready for what was always going to be a tricky game you know, we, we've done very well at Turf Moor over the several years. I mean, we had that, <laughs> do you remember that one terrible game in the 09-10 season where we yeah. lost? 
Oh yeah. dear, but it, it's never easy at Turf Moor, though, is it? You know, no. we know very much what Burnley are about. They're a physical side. They punt lots of long balls in, and it wasn't a straightforward game of football, was it? It wasn't. I mean, I, I think that that Robbie Brady goal that you in the game you talked about is the last time that Burnley have actually scored against United at, at home, um, which surprises me. But I can't think back to another goal. I was actually surprised with how little. Burnley were able to get a foothold in the game for quite quite a portion of that, and I think that's probably a a testament to how well United defended and how how effective they were. Although, you know, the first half was was a bit tighter than than the second. I think I think United played well enough, that, with the exception of the period after the goal, actually felt pretty secure. It was just a case of whether we actually got the goal or not. I think we took a lot of the sting out of Burnley for most of that game, which which surprised me a lot. And that, you know, we saw what they do; they, they work very hard. They look for set pieces, they try and get the ball forward early and hold it up. But I think largely we stopped them from doing that. And it should probably be more comfortable than it was given um, the Maguire header that was quite ridiculously um, ruled out. But yeah, I, I think I, I think all in all, it's a really good performance. And it was, it was far more comfortable in the end than I than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the only error, <clears throat> the only sort of element of worry and fear really came in the last sort of 10 minutes or so where yeah. United were sort of seeding possession and seemingly looking to kill the game off on the break which in some ways they perhaps should have done but for Martial pulling out of that shot and then pulling up with what looked like a hamstring injury but you're right I think you we were served notice very early on that they were targeting Wambasaka down their left hand side and United's right in terms of any aerial dominance and it you could see that they were targeting United with long balls into the area and also pressing high, but that press evaporated relatively quickly over the 45 minutes of that first half, and United were able to get a modicum of control as the, as it, the half went on. And, you know, thinking back to the opportunities that we created prior to Pogba's goal, we didn't necessarily carve out a hell of a lot, but the chances that we got, we probably should have scored from. And part of the actual, you know, we're talking about changes from this you know, this United side to last season, you know, we got beaten 2-0 at home to Burnley in a terrible match not long before uh, Fernandez arrived. United are biting into challenges and winning the ball back a lot better. Five or six times tonight, it was Cavani, Matic or Fernandez. I think even uh, Pogba and Martial did it as well. Uh, we were just winning the ball back because Burnley just weren't sharp enough and it's just little extra levels of effort like that and you can say that's maybe down to Fernandez and his transformative effect on the team or whatever or whether or not we're just a little bit fitter and a little bit sharper but it's noticeable that chance for Martial came from Matic winning the sorry Fernandez winning the ball back Matic plays him through and Martial's just trying to go for the top corner but he just curls it up and over the keeper it's it was a frustrating night for him just in terms of his finishing because he had several good opportunities and either sometimes he was getting in Cavani's way sometimes he was just taking too long on the ball he's just not on it at the moment as we know he can be as we saw him do plenty of the time last season and I you know you only have to look on Twitter for several minutes to realize that people are very frustrated with his uh, his level of quality at the moment because we know he's got the ability to be doing better than he currently is and it's just not quite there for whatever reason but regardless you know you're talking about decisions uh you know that VAR episode in particular in the first half so having seen that replay several times I've been told off by about six or seven people that I was wrong in noticing that Shaw didn't get hold of the ball when he actually did Shaw gets that tackle on Goodmanson. Uh, he wins the ball, but follows through and gets studs on Goodmanson's ankle. Uh, the referee doesn't see the challenge or doesn't think it's worthy of a foul because it's a 50-50 challenge from the two of them. Let's play go on. And Cavani then goes through on goal, but then Brady pulls him down. 
he pulls the yellow card out, which was an odd, odd decision for him to take because surely you could see that he was the last man and you should be going for a red card in those circumstances regardless. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only the only caveat to that was whether Cavani was sort of running sort of diagonally away from goal. But I think it probably would have been a red if, if it hadn't been pulled back. I think, incidentally, it was the right thing to do to pull it back. I don't know what Gary Neville was going on about, but you could see when you watched the replay back of the Shaw challenge that he clearly got the ball before he got the man, and he was also looking the other way by the time he caught the man. So it was mm. a bad, it was a bad tackle, but I think it was a yellow card and a free kick. So it's just to show we didn't get to test the test the red card theory on uh, on Brady because it it did look like the referee was looking at it and probably would have given it if if it hadn't been pulled back. And then another dubious decision that I mean, if we're looking at the VAR threshold for saying they will overturn clear and obvious errors. I can kind of understand why it didn't get given, but Kevin Friend is pulling something very light out of the air to stop that Maguire goal. It was a very, very weak free kick to, to award, in my view. That that was a great cross from Shaw and something we've been speaking about in, in terms of his improvement since Tellers came in, which has forced him to really up his game in terms of his link-up play with whoever's playing down the left and also his delivery, either when he's crossing or from any set piece. And it's definitely getting there. You know, the cross from uh, Maguire up to the back post, you, you saw he was in space and kills in a delightful ball. And Maguire's just up in the air. You know, the defender is not getting to it. And he, if he had his entire elbow pushing in the back, then I would understand why it wouldn't why it wasn't given. But he didn't. It was barely just a little hand, almost, just to get control of the ball. I don't see why that was chalked off at all. It's a poor decision. Yeah, it was. I think um, he just got up higher, didn't he? He just got up earlier mm. and higher, and he had to run on it as well, whereas the defender was stationary. So, essentially, the, the defender was trying to make a challenge go almost stepping backwards, so almost stepping towards Maguire, but Maguire was just focused on the ball. He wasn't focused on, on the man particularly. Um, mm. And I don't know if you, if you can't head a ball like that in the penalty area, you know, if, if that was a, um, a defensive header, there's no way a penalty would be given or a foul would be given for that. No, absolutely, you know, absolutely no way at all. So I, it just, it just baffles me how that was, that was ruled out because it was just, a, it was just a robust challenge from, from a guy who, had gone up early was clearly looking at the ball and the defender just simply hadn't wasn't in the right position and wasn't able to get up to challenge for the header what else no. what else can you do you're on the run you ultimately he's going to make some contact with the with the defender at some point but he actually you know he gets the header and it's really kind of almost simultaneous contact at the point he heads the ball you know he's clearly not actually impeded there was no way the defender was going to get up and beat him to that header in any circumstances nope and if that's the, if that's the case, if there's no no realistic way that defender could ever have got his head to the ball before Maguire, then you just can't give a foul because how has he how has he impacted the game by by that contact? He hasn't. It's just better reading of the game from Maguire, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it was a really really good ball as well. And the, the defender just wasn't positioned well, just wasn't wasn't um, you, you know just didn't have position to make to jump. He was back. He was sort of um, wheeling backwards the whole time. Yeah, it was just it was just a referee's mistake because it was a really really good goal, a really fantastic cross to Maguire, and a really good run from Maguire, an idea to to pull off to the right, away from uh, away from any defenders, and then make the the uh, run towards the the, the, the far post. Um, mm. So that was you know it was ridiculous. It was a goal. Yeah, Eric Peters wasn't getting anywhere near him. And yes, no, I did just there. check that during the your chat then to make sure I got the right name. 
um but that that was the thing i mean i I, you felt coming into this game that united were going to have to be patient right you know united games against burnley they're never necessarily fraught with peril but they're always something that united have to manage carefully purely because of burnley's threat in the air and the fact that it's often a very physical contest and you saw tonight you know there was a uh, shot of paul pogba with a bloody knee and united draw lots of fouls in these games and take lots of knocks and several times united were running through the middle both martial and uh, bruno fernandez pulled down when running through on goal with potentially a chance to make a pass or something and Burnley will just pull down you know they they do that plenty and they like to slow the game down and they had two banks of four there ready for United ready to try and pass through and the thing was coming into the last half hour of that game I understand why Solskjaer hadn't made any substitutions because you just felt that United were building to something. They hadn't necessarily carved out a lot of chances, but you could just see that the cracks were starting to form as Burnley was starting to tire. There was a little bit more space for Martial and Rashford on either flank. They weren't tracking and uh, closing down space quickly enough. And you just felt that with that sort of ability and the players that we've got in those instances, if we could just carve out one decent chance, then we'd make it happen. And interestingly, you know, we've spoken so much about Fernandez's transformative effect on United in terms of how much he drags out of the players around him, but also how his sheer effort provides goals and makes things happen and provides big moments for this United side. Tonight, I think that was one of his quietest games in a United shirt. And it almost didn't make too much of an impact because Pogba was having a great evening. You know, and look at the way that he was in the second half in particular. Solskjaer clearly told him, don't stick back with Matic. Let him deal with the any sort of breaks and he'll be with uh, Maguire and Bali in terms of mopping up if we need it. Push up and it worked. You know, he's met that cross from Rashford perfectly. And yes, he gets a bit lucky with the deflection, but the way he struck that and I think for his overall performance deserved the goal. Yeah, definitely. I think he's he benefited a lot from Ollie recognising that Burnley weren't getting a foothold in the game. They weren't gaining any territory. They weren't winning the midfield battle at all. And so what you essentially got for long periods of the second half was really attack against defence. And so you, he could afford to, to push Pogba on into what I think is his his preferred position, which is kind of the position he played at Juventus as a, as a left-sided midfielder, but but you know predominantly in an attacking sense. That also gave Burnley a problem because if you're assuming we're holding two, two midfielders back, then somebody has to suddenly start tracking runs from a player who's um, pushing on or has to commit come away from their original player to actually engage him and Pogba's just so so effective at that 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 creativity that that United have lost quite a lot in the last few years you know that ability to break down a really stubborn defense when you're on top but you've you've got to find something a bit different to break through them and and to tie them out as well because one of the things about Pogba is he dribbles and he also you know he passes very effectively and I think a lot of what led up to the goal and the, the period before that was just Burnley being knackered because they'd just been chasing the ball for the previous, whatever it was, 35 minutes. So so having having him in that position, just spraying the ball around, breaking breaking through the midfield and, and providing a bit of creativity up front as well, it was just a really, really effective all-round performance. But I'm not, I'm not sure it's something you could do against everybody. I don't think, I don't think he could we can play that way he can play that way against say Liverpool at the weekend um, no 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 of course no. not no no it, it was a it, kind of he was the perfect 
tool for that particular game and we'll see a completely different setup at the weekend i wouldn't be surprised if uh, if lindelof is fit that we revert to three center backs maybe go three five two perhaps with oof, i mean Mar- if martial's out if he's done his hamstring then potentially rashford and cavani up top and you might see pogba involved in that but i think this is probably the time for the mcfred access isn't it you know it's not yeah. a game for nemanja matic because matic is fine in games we're expecting to have a lot of position and actually a side note i thought he actually mopped play up incredibly well tonight and he was actually <laughs> it's random runs where he's closing down space never ceased to put a smile on my face because i just think what on earth is someone of your age with your incredibly terrible recovery pace doing doing that and thankfully it hasn't seemed to have bitten him in the backside too much this season but regardless it's definitely a game for uh, you know McTominay and Fred in the sense that they're obviously going to be much quicker closing play down they're a bit more robust in the tackle and they'll be able to win possession back quickly so yeah it makes sense for me that uh, the uh, Pogba-Matic midfield pivot worked well tonight because it was a game where eventually our pressure and our possession told and they were able to have a good influence on the game yeah, before we go on to the game against Anfield, you know, again there was another moment for Cavani when he and Marcia, sorry, uh, won Marcial for when he and Cavani played a nice one-two going forward, and Marcial just sort of pulls out of his shot, emblematic of a lack of confidence, and he's pulled up, which obviously gives us a bit of a problem. Bit less of a problem with the fact that we got Mason Greenwood to potentially at least cover that game for at least the time being, but. Yeah, you're right in the sense that United certainly could have done with... Well, maybe not could have done, but certainly could have killed that game off. Do you think it was just tiredness in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes? Because we didn't... We had that one chance on the break, but we didn't really look capable of just holding on to the ball and killing the game off. We did allow Burnley back into it with several dodgy set pieces. And also just any time they chucked the ball in the last five minutes, it was chaos. It often is when you play in Burnley, isn't it? I mean, that's their that's their forte. I, I do think there was an element of tiredness, and I think we we put an awful amount of energy, awful lot of energy, physical and emotional energy into get actually getting the goal. And after you do that, there's there's always a psychological tendency to just perhaps just settle, just just rest a little. Particularly where the point in the game where it was as well, there's a, there's a really big psychological um, imperative or or or. Um, kind of mindset where you you just want to protect what you've got for this for the relatively short period that's left I think there was a degree of that I think we were giving away free kicks just through tiredness as much as anything um I mean I, I think I think the whole game would have been easier if we'd potentially played started with Rashford on the the left rather than the right as well and I mean I think Rashford had a really difficult game on that right hand side and wasn't protecting um wasn't protecting one bissaka at, at points so I think Ollie took him off for that for that reason. I think in every game against Burnley, you're going to have a spell, whether it be five minutes or twenty minutes or whatever, where they're going to get set pieces, they're going to get get the ball into the box, they're going to chuck a lot of players in there and, and potentially cause a bit of mayhem. And that's that's what you saw. I mean, we kind of have to be thankful that Tarkovsky's got no left foot whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to get through the game a game against Burnley without giving up a chance of some description in in some sort of penalty box melee. But I, th- I think generally this, the, the centre-backs particularly battled really, really well with the with the um, Burnley forwards all game. And it was just, I think, the chance at the end. And it was just sheer weight of numbers. And so many, you know, Burnley really chucking players into the box and the physicality of it. And I, I think apart from that moment when Tarkovsky could have scored, United really defended it pretty well. I mean, there's a, a, a really good block from Bailly towards the end, who I think was absolutely brilliant again. Superb. No, it's not a surprise. Well, the surprise is that he's been able to stay fit, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but but 
Well, the funny thing about that was uh, my yeah. brother who's doing a uh, fantasy game at the minute and he was asking yeah. me whether or not I thought Bayou was going to start. And obviously with the concussion in mind and the fact that Lindelof is typically being preferred even when Bayou has been available over the last little while, I, I, I swore down Bayou wasn't going to start. So of course he comes on Stitched as a, yeah. almost a man-of-the-match performance and then gets a clean sheet. And what does that tell you, Rich? Don't trust me for anything. No, I wouldn't. But... It, it... It's it's not a surprise, but he and he and Maguire are a much more natural central defensive partnership. I think you know we've seen we've seen Maguire's lack of pace being an issue, and that, that shouldn't. If you haven't got pace in either of the, the centre backs, then those things are going to be exposed. <clears throat> Manu Vidic never had a great deal of pace. He wasn't slow, but he wasn't he wasn't fast either, as as we kind of saw with that Torres goal at, at Old Trafford. But it worked so well because. Rio Ferdinand was just an athlete, wasn't he? He was just an incredible athlete, very quick, and so they complemented each other. And I think Bay and Maguire have that much more over Lindelof and, um, and Maguire. You know, if you're gonna, if you have to play Lindelof, I'd you know I'd almost sooner have him next to Bay than I would next to Maguire, um, just because of that that ability to complement each other's games a bit more. Um, but it, it's really nice to see him come back. We've always known he's really talented him and he started so well at United really started well but it's just been the injuries mm. hasn't it um, and the fact that every every so often he just has a brain fart of monumental proportions but um, fingers crossed it hasn't happened this time around if he can stay fit I really think he can be a real um, game changer for United yeah indeed so now we look forward to the only game I'd say in the league fixture calendar that gives me genuine anxiety for several hours leading up to kickoff. I mean, obviously, playing them at Old Trafford is not much fun, but visiting Anfield, there's just something about that fixture I absolutely despise. It has been five years since we've gone there and won, and that was in Van Hal's second season with a late Rooney header. Um, We haven't had a good performance there since the year before, 2015, and it's just been a long time since United have gone to Anfield in a position such as this with something to play for on the back of some decent form. You know, uh, you were, we were talking about it before we started. 11 games won, three drawn, three lost in the league is by no means shabby form whatsoever. You know, it's got us top of the league by right. It's difficult to know how to place this one, isn't it, Rich? Because Liverpool, in, in terms of current form, you would say United might go into this the favourites. But it's so difficult to suggest that Liverpool are not going to be able to pull a performance out because you just know that Klopp is going to be drilling into his team the importance of producing a, a you know, in this game in particular. Yeah, it's it's a big game for them. You know, they've they've had a really tricky couple of weeks in terms of their performances. They've not looked anywhere near sharp enough. They conceded some sloppy goals and they've been very easy to blunt to a certain extent. So, in terms of the way that this game could go. I think United saw from the West Brom game and indeed the Newcastle game that this is almost a performance that could play quite well into their hands, isn't it? You know, we're very good when it comes to counter-attacking. If we can shut down space quickly enough and stop Liverpool gaining any confidence and weather what is likely to be an early storm, I'm not necessarily saying I'm confident about us getting a result, but there's a pathway to getting a win at Anfield for the first time in a long time if we play our cards right. Yeah, and I think obviously not having a crowd there makes a lot of difference. It's safe to say it is always a cauldron of hate, um, mm-hmm. and and vice versa, really. Um, and bile, yes, basically yes, exactly. all nasty things. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's just 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 as you said, you know, that Liverpool is a one game every every year at Anfield where I just hope and pray we go and don't lose. 
and we were saying in the in the first, I think it was in the first half of the the pod um, at the weekend that <clears throat> Liverpool have come to United a few times and, give, and given us an absolute shoeing. But we, I, I, I can't recall the last time United went to went to Liverpool and absolutely battered them. I, I can't even I can't think of one in my entire life. I'm sure there must be a a game in my entire existence where United beat Liverpool by more than a goal or two at Anfield, but. The four-land game, maybe, or was that two-one? Yeah, it's still two-one. We had the going back yeah. to the Palace to scoring two headers uh, um, in front of the cop was a, a, or one of the headers was in front of the cop. That was a particularly pleasant day, and then there was one with um, I think Beckham scored a terrific free kick, and I forget who else scored in that game. A couple of three ones, but that's that's you know you're talking, God knows how many years, fifteen, fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. Yeah, I think the last time we beat them by more than one goal, if memory serves. Oh God, is that? Um, it's not oh seven oh eight, is it? Nani Ronaldo in the uh, Champions League winning season. Is that the last time we beat them by more than one goal? Surely not. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be. I, I, I don't. I think at Anfield, you mean? Well, no, just in in general. <clears throat> we won. I mean, we won three nil against Simone Van Hal, didn't we? If you remember Rooney and uh, oh, we did. Van Persie right, scored. Yeah. I can't remember who yeah. scored the other one. Uh, um, Matter. Matter, you're right, yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that we're having to scratch our heads to consider the last time we actually beat Liverpool with a convincing performance, either home or away, says a lot, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, we, you know, we, we do owe them one, but we also have to recognise that they are a very good team. And it's almost it's almost the case of two teams that have got incredible records to, to, to lose. Liverpool haven't lost at home in the league in about two years, isn't it? Something like that. A couple of years. Or have they, I don't think they've lost at no. home this season, have they? And it, it's been a couple... And we've not we've not lost nope. we haven't lost an away game in the in the league in a year, which mm. is absolutely absurd, isn't it? If you think about it, you know it's by far yeah. United's best sequence of away form and results that probably in the club's history, which is baffling but 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 very pleasing. So something something's got to give, hasn't mm. it? Unless they unless they both draw, unless we draw, um, which I'm perfectly happy with. <laughs> I mean, but this is what I've been building up for the last week in the WhatsApp group. We don't have to go out and win this game. A draw suits United. The thing with the league table at the minute in particular is first to fourth separated by four points. If United lose, they get dragged right back into that third to eighth position scuffle that's happening at the minute it's in completely easy for united to get pulled back into the groups that are falling below them the fact that they haven't at the minute is testament to the fact that they just kept winning games so it's not essential for us to win and with everton beating wolves this evening they're only four points behind as are leicester spurs win tomorrow against fulham they'll also be four points behind and city got two games in hand should they win those they will be a solitary point behind us when they eventually do play those games so it's I think the priority for United is just to avoid defeat. And if we're able to get a controlled defensive performance and take our opportunities on the break, because we know we will get them against Liverpool, then we're looking onto something good. I mean, obviously, the the fact that we're playing them this weekend is coloured slightly by the fact that we're going to be playing them barely a week later in the FA Cup. You know, United's fixture list is a combination of very winnable and very not winnable games. So if we have to take a quick look at it going forward... Liverpool on Sunday and then Fulham away on Wednesday. Liverpool will be playing Burnley the following evening. And on current form, I suggest that's going to be a really tricky match for them. Then I'm assuming we'll play Liverpool in the in the Cup on Sunday 20, 24th. Followed up by Sheffield United at home on Wednesday 27th. And then Arsenal three days later away. So it's there's still five games to go between now and the end of January. So there's still plenty of football for United to play and potentially lose if they don't play their cards right. 
But having said that, you look at the games tonight and the ones against Wolves in the sense that those two teams posed us big problems in the sense that they were able to shut down space, lots of men behind the ball and given us a problem that we've come up against constantly over this last decade, right? United keep finding, at the minute, they keep finding a way, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 part of the um, the way the puzzle's kind of fallen into place a bit, isn't it? Um, I think mm. there's certainly been an improvement in mentality um, in the last few weeks. I don't know why that is, but you know, I guess sometimes teams just come together, don't they? Sometimes it just it just it, it just clicks in some way, and and that teams start to get results they wouldn't have got previously due to due to sort of a change in mentality, confidence. Um, what's really interesting about the game this this weekend against Liverpool is I think for the first time in in a couple of years, really, I think there's a lot of pressure on Liverpool. I think there's a lot of pressure on on Klopp because they aren't playing at the level they should be. Um, they've suddenly faced with potentially a title challenge from their biggest rivals, um, which is a pressure they've not had to face for a long time. I don't, I don't think this game. I don't think they'll be going into this game as as confident as they have in the past. But if the worst were to happen and United were to lose the game, I don't think it's it's the end of the world. In that, as you as you've mentioned, really until United play. Chelsea on away on the twenty seventh of February. Every Premier League game we've got is winnable, and and if it, it sort of stay in current form, you'd expect us to win more than you know a majority of them at least. So United can find themselves in a really good position come the end of February, sort of as we go into the last kind of two and a half months of the season. So we mm. shouldn't. I don't think we should fall into the trap of looking at this game as being something that is going to be incredibly decisive in in a title race if united win it that's brilliant six points six points ahead of liverpool and and confirming ourselves at the top for another week would be great but if we lose it it's not the end of days and i think we've still got enough to to go on and 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 continue to to challenge the fa cup game is just it's a pain in the ass i mean i tweeted before before the game that before the draw sorry that, that that united would unquestionably get someone one of the other top four teams and that Chelsea or City would get Chorley, and I, I, I wasn't quite right. But but United got their top four team, and and City got Cheltenham, I think, or and, Luton, and Chelsea got Luton or something like that. It is absolutely incredible how both of those teams continue to draw, get incredibly soft draws in in cup competitions. I mean, I, there's no conspiracy. I think it is just coincidence. But but it it kind of, I'm sure you groaned as well as the as Liverpool came out came out of the. Uh, out of the hat, so to speak, but I, I think we've, we, rather than looking at this, these two games as as matches where we need to, that we need to be afraid of, I think for the first time we can look go into those games and think that we can win them, and if we do win them, it will strike quite a psychological blow for Liverpool. It's very very difficult to keep up the level of performance they had, particularly after you've actually won the two biggest trophies you can win. And I think we've seen a bit of that. I think losing Van Dijk's been a problem for them, but you're just seeing a, a, there's a, a sort of all, all sorts of other issues. Wijnaldum is out of contract in this summer and he doesn't seem to really know whether he's going to stay or go. And just other, other bits and bobs, really, where players just haven't been performing for whatever reason to the, the standards they were before. And so I think this is the most brittle Liverpool we've, we'll face for quite some time, which isn't to say they can't still wipe the floor with us on their day, but I think we, we do have a chance, whereas... I didn't give us the remotest chance of getting anything at Anfield last season. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on the money in the sense that Liverpool haven't necessarily come up against this sort of problem for quite some time. You, you, obviously, you look at 
their run to the Champions League final, which was far from easy in two successive seasons, and they deservedly won it against Spurs two years ago. Last season was a stroll in the park for them because City couldn't mount a credible challenge coming into the new year, and they did so well to win the league at such a canter. This year's a lot different. You know, obviously the coronavirus has been such an equaliser in terms of how our squads work, in terms of when teams started the season, and there's so many variables that affect how we're playing football so far this year. I think the most interesting thing is after that defeat at St Mary's, he was so keen to point out that Liverpool hadn't had a penalty in a specific circumstance in that game whilst pointing to United's penalty record which is still by no means we don't get the most penalties in the league so it was very pointed you know it, it did two things for Klopp one it pulled focus away from his underperforming side and another it got people talking about United and it got potentially I mean who knows what sort of effect that will have considering that we've got such a big game coming up against them I don't necessarily know how much of that was an, a desire to try and to get referees and the officials thinking about awarding penalties considering the games that we have coming up but it's noticeable that you don't necessarily normally see Klopp come out for teams like that especially it hasn't been us you know we haven't been we've been a blip on their radar for so long so to be getting focus from Klopp and Liverpool and the Scousers is uh it's something it's been a while since we've really uh featured in their daily thoughts so coming up to this game at the weekend get a result get a victory oh, I'd love it but we'll see yeah they uh we'll deal with that in due course but for the meantime let's nip back a couple of days and chat the Watford and City games Rich, the uh, quintessential post-Ferguson FA Cup third round performance there. I think you'll agree. Yeah, um, I think even during Ferguson, um, we had a few of those. It's just one of those games where you make a lot of changes. You're at home. I don't think the crowd not being there helps at all either. And it was almost as if kind of United just kept got the goal, kept Watford at arm's length. Watford didn't really ever look like scoring an equaliser. And uh, everyone got a rest and... And it's great, and we can we can go on to playing whichever really good Premier League team we get away from home in the next round. Yeah, I mean, imagine having to pull five things we learned from this game out of that ninety minutes, ninety four. Sorry. Yeah, there wasn't a lot, was there? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, the, the I was kind of happy with the starting lineup when it came out, primarily just because of who wasn't playing. You know, I, I thought it was really important that Fernandez was nowhere near the starting lineup and he was on the bench, which shouldn't surprise me because I'd imagine Solskjaer probably would have wanted to rest him entirely, but wanted a little bit of an insurance policy should you know uh, extra time rear its ugly head. Uh, no Rashford, no Martial, Pogba not even in the squad, um, so. And Mac Maguire not starting either, so plenty of players who have been key to this recent run or at least played a lot of minutes so far this season or have been a big influence of late not playing at all, which was good, you know, and it was nice yeah. to see Matter play, it was good to see Van der Beek get a start as well, but Tomane captain, which was a nice little moment for him. Uh, Dan James playing, Jesse Lingard, no minutes at all for Odin Agallo, which is probably the last game he's going to be able to feature in before his own loan ends at the end of this month. That was a surprise, Ollie doesn't, Ollie doesn't, especially against Watford. I know, Oli doesn't trust him to uh, to carry the water bottles anymore, does he? No, no, absolutely else, not. No, no. Even with Cavani out yeah. in this last game of the band. It's a bit odd. I, I, can't yeah. really, I can't really get my head around it. But but yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Edward Ward and co will be pleased to have his six-figure weekly salary off, off the wage bill when he's doing next to nothing for the last over many months <laughs> that's true um well you know side note not Gallo, it would be nice for him to get like a couple of minutes obviously with no one there to really clap him off but he, yeah. he's been a nice little he's, he's had a nice little cameo of the united career you know it's been one year we've barely seen him since this new season has started but he had several really nice 
heartwarming moments mm. in those first sort of three to six months or so. So that was quite nice to see because it's always nice when someone obviously with a great affection for the club gets a move like this and it was so unprecedented mm. and so out of the blue, especially for him, that it was nice to see it happen. But anyway, yeah. he didn't get any minutes, so no fairy tale goodbye for him. No. Um now we were talking about starts again. Uh, another decent start from United, at least the first twenty-five minutes. United pretty much ran the show. Watford couldn't get going. United had a lot of slick passing movements. Unfortunately, best exemplified by Dan Jane seeing a lot of the ball and not doing very much slash well with it on really any occasion, apart from one decent shot. No, that's fairly standard, isn't it? Sadly. Um... Mm. I, I've thought of a good comparison for this though you remember in Fellowship of the Ring where Gollum is very slowly catching up to the Fellowship and Gandalf's like nah don't worry about him he's got a part to play in this at some point yeah. I kind of think of Dan James like that I'm not saying I don't worry about him but I think purely for the virtue of how many games United has left I do think that Dan James might just have one at least one big moment in this season where he comes up trumps and delivers something for yeah. us Certainly wasn't today, but no. and I don't necessarily know what I'm basing that on. Maybe it's just because I watched Fellowship of the Ring recently. But it's just, it's just a just a weird feeling, you know. It is the the problem with Dan James is that he appears only to have a use against um, managers who are ridiculously gung ho against United, um, and, and generally just Mar- Marcelo Bielsa. So it's difficult to really pinpoint what other purpose he has apart from giving somebody else a rest um, in games we think we can win regardless mm. bless him i mean <clears throat> i suppose the one the one good thing about it is it wouldn't I, I i would expect if we if we were to sell him in the summer we would probably get our money back and i guess that was <clears throat> that was a figured in at the start of the uh you know when we when we bought him in the first place i still think you get if you if you think about what kind of top championship players particularly young ones or sort of bottom end Premier League players go for now. It's it's comfortably what we paid for him. I still think it was a punt worth taking on Dan James, and and he he might even surprise us. He might, but I'm not super convinced. But I, I don't think it's it's one we've really lost anything on. Well, I can imagine one Argentinian manager over in Yorkshire would be very happy to have him. He probably would. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is yeah. talk of him still being interested in him, and you know that 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 would work very nicely for United. I think. Yeah, I think it's perhaps a measure of um, the current apathy surrounding the United fan base when it comes to Dan James. That if he were to move to Leeds, there would probably be a collective shrug of the shoulders as opposed to any vitriol but one of the first players to move from Manchester United to Leeds United that I can recall especially in modern history Norman's the other way around anyway um, not necessarily a lot to pick out of that first half apart from uh, I mean we were talking about James he got himself into several good positions but he didn't get his head up and pick out the right pass or just fired in a pretty terrible cross there was one decent chance where he hit the ball uh actually actually managed to get decent amount of space in the box and hit it straight against bark because a backman sorry and the uh that led to the corner that united scored from good delivery from tellers uh we were talking about this just now it looked like united were doing something of a set piece routine where the space the mctominay's left seemed to be pulled away leaving McTominay and Tuanzebi a lane to attack and uh, McTominay doesn't get necessarily the best contact but it's very in terms of its direction pin perfect and Batman's got no chance really it was a really well taken goal in the end and mm. yeah United just deserts you know it, it was a good start the problem is United didn't really build on it you know and I guess you know it, it's difficult to pull too much away from that performance considering that obviously three days after losing to City in the Carabao Cup semi-final United especially with this big game against Burnley coming up and Liverpool shortly after that today was I guess whilst it would have been nice to see a performance boring as it sounds it was just really about winning really wasn't it yeah I mean there were an awful lot of those under Fergie um 
you know, I'm sure as the as as we get further away from his um, from his time at United, his quarter century plus at United, we'll we'll have a more rose tinted perspective on most of his matches. But you know, United had an awful lot of those cup games where where they scraped a goal and just kind of cruise cruise through the rest of it without ever really looking super troubled but without ever doing much themselves. I think it was a bigger surprise that United started so quickly and were so intense so tense intense at the in the first kind of 15 20 minutes than it was that the rest was a bit disjointed because that that's naturally what you're going to get if you make so many changes I mean but we again go back to um Everton as well and that was a surprise just how fluent United were for 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 a large portion of the first half of that game as well so um I I prefer to look at this game and think you know we've made lots of changes and we've come out and we've started a game you know considerable speed again which we we can't take for granted given that given the state we were in in first halves less than what three or four weeks ago um where Mm. we were where we basically didn't turn up for a good first half an hour or so of, of, of any game so um that's my takeaway we came we came out and everyone looked hungry and fired up and after we got, I think if we hadn't got the goal, it perhaps wouldn't have been quite the same game. But once we had the goal, we seemed to play quite a conserv or more conservative game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, we didn't really create anything necessarily of note in the second half, did we? I mean, no. Martial and Rashford came on, and you know, Rashford again looks lively and looks like he's capable of twisting anyone in knots with some of his dribbling and his close ball control at the moment. He just wasn't able to get a shot off. And, you know, we've seen quite a bit of that of late. Rashford's not played badly, but he's he's missing that sort of 5% that he needs just to find that little bit of space and get a shot off. And sometimes when he has been getting those shots off, they've been too close to the keeper. You know, we saw that a couple of times against Villa and Wolves of late. But regardless, you know, it, I think the, one of the more prescient things, you know, go back to talking about McTominay, Sitting in that uh, double pivot with uh, Van der Beek this evening. And McTominay actually thought had a well-rounded game in terms of his work, not only off the ball, but his defensive play as well. Mm. Which isn't, you know, he's great at winning the ball back. But I don't know if we've seen him be that effective that uh, further down the pitch, really, have we? You know, he was picking out several decent opportunities or at least, you know, half chances for Watford. His defensive awareness was great. He was picking out headers. He was shutting down space much, well, better than... You know, even he does, which isn't necessarily too terribly at all. Uh, yeah, deserved man of the match performance from him. Um, I guess the only other real bomb note was so the only bomb note was Eric by getting a knee to the head from Dean Henderson somewhat uh, unluckily, and then coming off with what looked like a bit of a dazed concussion. You know, and he, it's it's just rotten luck. I don't. I mean, is Henderson to blame for that? Is that no. just no I think, bad awareness it's just or what? One of those things. I think. Mm. I think. I think that the the, the, the the, the only thing we, I can really say about that is that I, I'm really glad to see that United United doctor did the right thing um, because he clearly wasn't by clearly wasn't right. He wasn't where he should have been, and where we saw something as ridiculous as Arsenal sending David Luiz back on after he'd essentially crushed Jimenez's skull and was bleeding everywhere to to, to make that decision. I think was a, was the right one for Bayi tonight, and I don't yeah. think I don't think he would have played. He would have started on. Uh, against Burnley anyway Ollie's clearly managing him I don't think she, he thinks he can play more than once in a week so rotate him in and out with, with Lindelof or, or in this case Maguire and you make the use of him that way so so he's got that kind of I don't, I, it depends it depends how bad the concussion is but if it's just a knock and they don't think he's got any lasting effects then it may be that he, he would be able to play 
in a week or so's time. If not, it's ten days, and it's not it's not the end of the world for United. So it's, it's really unfortunate for him because you know he was he's been injured for so much of his United career, and he's come back in and had a few games and done really well. So he must be he must be pretty upset about it but I think there will be more games for him. Well given how many competitions we're still in and we've got the Europa League coming up quite soon or relatively soon anyway there'll be plenty of games for him to play and even if he's just playing the Europa League games to get him back up to fitness I mean I can't imagine he's going to be out for very long anyway. I think the more pressing issue you know as we go back to uh, the more interesting thing for Bayi and him not being available is that and obviously you mentioned there that he's been bedded in quite slowly having had so many injury problems over not only just Solskjaer's time but his entire United career there's just something more reliable and committed and strong about the United's defence when it's Bailly and Maguire than when it's Maguire and Lindelof, which is what we saw on a couple of occasions on Wednesday night against City, right? Segway, segway, segway. Yep. <laughs> yep, got beat by City again, Rich. Uh, what is that? Two uh, semi-finals in the space of 12 months beaten by City in the League Cup. Um, the takes that I seem to be seeing in the aftermath of this game seems to be this was a marker to see how United had truly come and it didn't seem like we'd come that far at all and I'm not necessarily sure I particularly prescribe to that I think that whilst it's obviously disappointing I mean to lose to City is never nice don't get me wrong I think you know the fact that this is the what the third Manchester derby or something without fans at the minute it all just feels a bit flat you know it's difficult to really have too much intensity plus I don't know about you, it's just the League Cup. I mean, if we're in it, I want to win it. If we're out of it, then I kind of find myself struggling to care too much. I don't think that we're above the League Cup, but I just don't really have much of an emotional connection to this competition. It's really tricky. You know, if we were going into the final against City or Liverpool, God, yes, I'd want to win it. But now we're out of it, I just find myself thinking, well, okay, so we've got one less game to worry about and fit into a packed schedule when potentially we might be looking at how close we can get to the top of the table in a couple of months' time. It's disappointing, but it wasn't the end of the world. And I think that's kind of, it, it was more of a frustrating evening than, you know, you compare how annoyed and frustrated we were after the RB Leipzig game. In comparison with that, night and day, complete night and day, even though technically the, the reward was much bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have. I think you have to think about it. That's United's first domestic defeat since the first of November when they lost to Arsenal. You know, and I think those. I think those Champions League defeats have obviously sort of coloured perceptions of our form, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because they they should do. It's incredibly disappointing, but but in terms of our domestic form, we, it's been pretty good since the first, early weeks of the season. But and I think it's a useful reminder for us that <clears throat> I'm not sure we are where. You know we've we've clearly made progress, but we've still got a way to go to be to beat the best when they're at their best. And I think we've been we were unf- un- unfortunate that City have really kind of hit their hit their natural form or their their best form in the last two or three weeks. You know they took took Chelsea absolutely took Chelsea apart. Mm. You know prior to this prior to this game, and I, I don't feel like they I don't feel like they took United apart in any way. I don't think they gave gave us the the runaround in in the same fashion they did to Chelsea but it was just one of those games where you could they've just had a bit too much they just had a bit bit too much quality if nothing else really it is it's just a reminder that we've we've definitely come we've definitely moved forward but we've still got a way to go to 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 really challenge and I would say now probably City are the favourites for the for the Premier League not because of the result this week but just because I think if they can maintain this form I don't think there's a team 
even Liverpool, if if Liverpool were to refine their form, and I mean, that's no given, that that can stick with City for the rest of the season. And it, it is just the League Cup, and I want, I, you know, I desperately wanted to get to the final and play against Mourinho's Spurs at Wembley, but. In terms of in terms of the importance of the different competitions we've got this season and the, and the nature of the schedule we've got to look forward to as well, if I had to lose limply and go out of one competition, it would have been that one. Mm. It's funny as well because this is the same time last season where City started utilising Kevin De Bruyne as that false nine and yeah. they ripped us to bits a year ago in that first leg at Old Trafford. And you're right, they definitely, especially in the Chelsea game where they absolutely mullered Chelsea in the first half especially on the break I didn't feel like they did the same to us but I didn't feel like we really properly hit our stride and I feel like we've gotten through this festive period relatively unscathed without too many disappointing results you know the the obvious one would probably be the 2-2 draw at uh, Leicester in the sense that that is a game we certainly should have won and a couple of bad defensive mistakes gave away goals but we've come out of it without too many regrets, I would say. And whilst we might have had bad performances, we've mostly had great results, you know. I think that felt like the team coming to the end of a busy period, knowing that this is their most the last game in a difficult stretch, knowing that a lot of them were going to be rested in the Watford game and just not quite having that extra percentage needed to really meet that challenge head on. You know, Bruno looked tired and he was making loads of missed passes. Rashford didn't look sharp. Martial looked absolutely knackered. And you saw there, I think, in more, you know, of these three games, that was the game where United certainly missed Edinson Cavani the most, right? You needed the sharpness and also. Martial at that 70 minute mark just needed to come off you know he he was having a poor game and he wasn't making the correct decisions you know you saw him and Green were trying to dribble and just just going down uh, blind alleys far too often we didn't create anywhere near enough we weren't making the correct decisions when we were getting it forward and it just was nowhere near the maybe not the standard but it wasn't anywhere near the attacking incision incisiveness that we've seen over the last couple of weeks and that was disappointing but again I I feel like part of that just owed up to tiredness and the fact that City's uh, tactical setup really didn't help I think the fact that I think it's clear that United have certainly taken some strides since we last faced them in this competition a year ago and that's not to be sniffed at I still think it points us to us needing to level up in a couple of the key areas to really match that level and I do think that if City can maintain this form then they're essentially a cert for the title just because few sides in the country so few sides in the world can match them when City are in this sort of mood let alone in in the Premier League but anyway that is a problem for future us as is uh, Sunday's game at Anfield so we'll see how that pans out and we'll be back with you with a fresh episode after Sunday's exploits most likely in the meantime don't forget you can get us all over Twitter you can get me at you and like this Richard Rich Red Voices and the pod itself at Red Voices MUFC and if you could be so inclined it'd be wonderful if you could please drop us a review or a subscription on anything on the lines of iTunes the Apple Podcast app Spotify Acast anything on those lines any sort of ratings or reviews really help in terms of getting more people to listen to the show which is obviously wonderful for for us. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Lots of love. Bye.